Praise the Lord. I'm back again. <laughs> Thinking, when will this guy go home? <laughs> um, one of the key aspects of church life is the, the fact that when we meet Jesus and we give our lives to Jesus, he changes our lives forever. He, he changes our perspective. He changes the way that we think if we allow him. He changes the people that we associate with, the people that are precious in our life. Uh, he changes uh, the things that we pursue in life. Uh, every aspect of our life is transformed because Jesus comes into our life. And that when we give our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into us and makes our spirit alive. Before we know Jesus, our spirits are dead. We have a soul and we have a body, but our spirits are dead. So when we give our life to Jesus, our spirit is made alive. But one of the things that the Bible talks about right through, through from the beginning, right from Genesis, where it talks about the spirit hovering over the face of the earth, uh, right through whether it was Samson or the judges or whether it was Moses, whoever it might be, that if they did some exploits for God, it was because they were filled or anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them and, and enabled them to do what God wanted them to do, to be what he wanted them to be, to have what he wanted them to have. God was involved in their life from the, from the beginning. As we read with Jeremiah, uh, was right from his birth. God says, I formed and fashioned you and had a plan for your life. Whether it was Samson, it was, it was in his birth. He was, he was set apart as a Nazarite. And uh, regularly through his, his, uh, his life, we see, and the Spirit of God came upon him. And even when he blew it and did some, he did some stupid stuff, right at the end of his life, again, the Spirit of God came upon him, enabling him to do something far greater than all his exploits that he'd done through his life. So the Holy Spirit comes into our life and does a work. Now, he can only do this work because of the salvation work of Jesus on the cross. So if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, some of the things I'm going to talk about are for you. Well, they're all for you, not some of the things, but what I'm saying, the things I'm talking about are for you as a believer. But if you've never given your life to Christ, you can't experience some of the things that I'm going to talk about, or any of the things probably that I'm going to talk about. For the simple reason, they are birthed by the Spirit. It's a spiritual activity. It has to be received by the Spirit. It's not something that's just a mental uh, uh, ascent to something. It's not just, I believe, something, but that we are experience God. We are to experience Him. And that's what God wants for every one of us in a relationship. There is an experience. There's no, there's no relationship if there's no experience. So in other words, you can say you love Jesus, but if you're not having an experience and a relationship with him, there's nothing there. So, I mean, I, I, 
the, the other day, about a week or two ago, I met someone, and I've seen them before uh, a number of times, and they said, but, but Pastor, I believe, but they don't come to church, they don't do any of the other activities, but they say they believe. And so I didn't say this, but I thought it. So I was just being pastoral. But, uh, but I thought it, and I thought to myself, James says, yes, the devil believes, the devil believes in God, but he's not saved. So in other words, it's not just a head accent, that just a knowledge of God, we have to experience God. And it's something that's done. So like, for example, when people say, oh, can you prove that God exists? Well, yes, I can, but not maybe in the terms that some of you would like. Because, well, you know, we can say, well, what about scientifically and mathematically and all these kind of things? But I want to say to you, the greatest way to experience God and the only way that will ever satisfy you is to experience him and to have a relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit today wants to fill your life. He wants to come into your life. He wants to penetrate every part of your life. He wants your life to be filled with him. So this is the thing. So when you give your life to Jesus, one of the things you will recognize straight away is that things are different. But so often when we go along the path of being a Christian, things don't always have the same, the same oomph. They don't have the same thing as you're going along uh, the, the Christian path. You, you know, things go cold or things change and other things you start to pursue. But that's why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, not just to birth us of our spirit, but that our spirit would actually flow out of our spirit, would flow living water. And that's what Jesus said when he was, went to the, the feast. He, he talked about that. John chapter 7 uh, talks about the feast of, of, of water. And that was where in the Old Testament and the people of the day, they were looking forward to the time when Ezekiel 47 would come to, to pass. Because Ezekiel 47 talked about the river coming out of uh, the temple, and that it would flood out. And so they were, they were doing this. They were celebrating. It was the last day of the festival that they're celebrating this. And Jesus stands up to teach. Well, Jesus normally, as all the teachers, normally sat down to teach. But this was so important, he stood up and to, and, and to say, basically, that the, the way that this comes about is that when you drink of me, when you drink of me, then you will be filled with, with living water, water that will bubble up right up inside of you. And when Jesus talked about that, he was talking about the river coming out of him. He was talking, of the, the, the word that he talks about is like it's coming from his gut, from his stomach, coming out of the very, you know, the, uh, the center of him into to the people. And so that's what the, the river of God is. The river of God is here this morning. The river of God wants to flow. Will you step into the river of God? Because when you're in the river of God, it will flow and it will fill you. It won't just wash over you, but it will fill you to overflowing. You see, the filling of God is more than just we can look at the water and, uh, and we can fill the, water, the glass with water, can't we? It's filled, is it not? But if I was to put the glass into another container... The water would be in the glass, but the water would be all around the glass, wouldn't it? And that's what God is looking for you with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want just to fill you. He doesn't want to fill you a little tiddly bit. He wants to fill you to 
overflowing. He wants you to be, to be drenched. In fact, when he talks about being filled, the, the word there is actually talking like, like something that's submerged underwater. In other words, uh, you know, not a submarine because that doesn't have the water in the submarine, does it? But it's like, you know, you've got a ship that sinks and so the water, the, the, the ship is in the, in the water, but the water's in the ship, isn't it? You know, so he wants you to be drenched with it. He wants you to know the power of God. He wants you to know that filling. And you can be filled this morning with the Holy Spirit. You can be filled like that. Have the presence of God in your life. I wonder how much of the presence of God do you have because God is wanting us to host his presence. He wants us to be carriers of his presence. He wants us to have his presence in such a way that we yearn for him. When we get up in the morning, the first thing that we want to do is to spend time in his word and in his presence. Through the day, we're constantly thinking, Lord, what is it that you've got that you want me to do? Because the Holy Spirit, the whole point is that he equips you to give you power to serve him, to live for him, to live holy, to live an an action-packed life, to think differently. God is looking for us to host the presence of Almighty God. What a privilege to know that you and I are priests of the living God. We We are being born so that we can be filled with God. The question is, is what level do you want to be filled At what point do you want to be filled with his presence? I believe this is so important for us that we want the presence of the Holy Spirit. The problem is, is when we don't have the presence of the Holy Spirit, or he's only kind of ticking over. I I sometimes think of having the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I sometimes think of it like if you've got a boiler at home. When you fit your boiler at home, it has a little pilot light, doesn't it? So the boiler's ready, there's a little pilot light on, and it's a light thing, it's a little bit like that. When Jesus comes into your life, suddenly the pilot light is lit. You've got fire in your life, but it's only a little bit of light. But when the Holy Spirit comes on you, it's like you turn the thermostat up, and it blasts, and the power of God just starts to come up, and it will not just, the boiler won't just get hot, it will go and spread out throughout the whole house. So in other words, wherever, uh, wherever that water flows, the heat flows. And so that's what we've got to do in us. God is saying, where you go, if you will have the heat, if you have the fire of the Holy Spirit on you, it will flow out of you. He wants it to flow out of you. He wants you to be so filled with him, filled with him. The problem is so often, you know, we lack, not just we think we say we want the presence, but I want to say to you, it's not just presence, it's power. Because where the Holy Spirit is, the more of his presence, the more of his power. And that's what we're looking for today. We're saying we need power. Too many people are going through their Christian life, never mind un-Christians, I understand non-Christians because they've no source to come to. But Christians (coughs) have a source to come to. And yet so many Christians are living weak lives, living with problems, living with difficulties, living with issues in their life, and they're not, they've not got the power to be able to go through it. It never fails to amaze me when we see something happen to someone that's a Christian, and they fall apart. And I think to myself, you have got the source of the universe, the creator of the universe living in you. And he wants to fill you. He wants to drench you. He wants you to have power. At home, I have a 
Um, chainsaw. I'm trying to think of it there. <laughs> Have one of them. <laughs> now, I bought that because of a load of trees that... Uh, no, don't let Bruce hear. Uh, close your ears, Bruce. Now, the, 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 the chainsaw is a marvellous saw. But can you imagine if I said to someone, um, and I said to him, I says, this chainsaw is absolutely marvellous. So they say, all right, if Jonathan says that chainsaw is great, I'm going to buy it because I've got a lot of sewing to do. And so they go out and buy themselves a chainsaw. And then the next time I come and I see them, and says, how's the chainsaw going? He says, well, I work like mad, but it's hardly doing anything. I'm constantly going like that and it's not doing anything. Why? Because he'd never taken to the power. He'd never taken to the power. There's power in it. The power, turn the power on and it suddenly becomes a different instrument in your hands. Without the power, without the petrol or the diesel or whatever it is that's in it, without that it will not work. It will not be what it's been designed to be. You and I are designed to be filled Filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just trickling out. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be like, you know what the way it is, is the way I like to think of it is, you and I are like taps. Yes? If you think of the faucet and your sink, uh, where the bathroom thing, no matter where it is, there is water and an endless supply of water but you have, will get nothing unless you turn the tap on. So if you turn the tap on, the water comes, and it's not like, oh, I, I've only got a little bit, I'll have to turn it off quick. You can leave it running all day and all night, unless you're on a water meter. <laughs> and then you might get cut off, I don't know. But, but, but that's the whole principle is, God has got an endless supply of power he can create the universe and sustain the universe. He can do whatever is needed in your life, whatever problems you face, whatever are the difficulties, whatever the issues, whatever maybe is the grief and the disappointments and the things that haven't turned out. I want to tell you that God is saying, I have the power. And he's saying, I want you to receive my power. Will you receive my power? Receive my power. Today, I want you to pray, Lord, I want to receive your power. Come, Holy Spirit, into my life today. Will you receive that power from God? That is so important for us to just to grab a hold of. Because it, it, when the water goes, wherever the water goes, it, things flourish. So, for example, obviously, it talks about Ezekiel 47, about the river of God. Of course, it talks about wherever it goes, it flourishes. I want you to imagine there are places in the world where, for example, that they have uh, these irrigation paths. And so they, what they do is, is that they can be dry as a bone. They're like a riverbed that's dry. And it has channels off and it's dry. But when they open the gate for the water, the water comes down the path. It comes down the channel. And then wherever it's going, and, and then what they do is the farmers open up their channels. And then it goes and waters the field. And then things can grow and things can develop. And things are produced and things are beautiful. And that's what God wants to do in our life. He wants, us, he wants to flow through us. He doesn't want us to be like the Dead Sea. Too many of us are like the Dead Sea. Yes, we're, just, we're busy receiving stuff, but nothing's going out. 
And God hasn't designed us to be a dead sea. He's asked us to be a river of living water. And so he wants us to receive from him so that we can give out what we have received. That's what God is wanting to do. So he wants you to, to receive him. Will you receive the Holy Spirit? I want to say to you, you will know when you've received the Holy Spirit. When you know the filling of the Holy Spirit. The New Testament is clear on it. The New Testament has got four or five uh, places where it talks about them. Obviously, Pentecost, it talks about uh, that the, the, they were uh, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and that they, they had tongues of fire on their heads and there was a wind gushing and all sorts of things. But it then says, it says, then they were filled with the Spirit. So this stuff happens. Then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he says, then they began to speak in other languages and prophesy. They, I want to say to you that, that whenever the Holy Spirit comes on you, something happens. Something changes every single time. In fact, if you look through all the occurrences, the common factor in all of them, I mean, one of them obviously doesn't have any description of what happens. It just says that they saw that the Holy Spirit had come on them. In other words, they saw something. There was some evidence that they'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't just say, well, I received the Holy Spirit and nothing happened. I want to say to you, when the person of the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it changes everything. It changes everything when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's so powerful for us to really to grasp this. And, um, <coughs> and in Ephesians 5, I think it's 18 and 19, it talks about, uh, the, 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 the Apostle Paul gives us a, an exhortation. It's kind of a command to us. And he says, don't be drunk with wine that leads to all sorts of problems in your life. Yes, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he talks about the things that will come from that. Like you'll, you'll be singing songs and you'll be singing hymns and you'll be praising God. And, and you're just coming to worship just when God fills you. It changes your life. It changes the way that you are. If only you will allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. To fill you to overflowing. Now this is not a one-time event. And obviously it is an event. And it's different to, to, to salvation. Uh, it's, uh, sometimes it happens, uh, you know, prior in, in one, of the, one of the passages. It seems it happens that prior and then they get baptized and, and stuff. So we, we know, though, that at the end of the day, and I remember one, uh, one person that came here and, uh, and got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, I'm not even sure you're saved. <laughs> so all I'm saying to you is, is that the Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to empower you. So don't get caught up with this or with that, but just say, Lord, I want to receive from you. Now, obviously, we're a Pentecostal church. We understand that the Scriptures uh, uh, and, and our understanding of it is very, uh, very clear that actually one of the evidences or the, one of the main evidences is that you will speak in another language. You'll speak in a language that you probably don't know, you don't recognize, whatever, and that will change you. That will transform the, the way you are. Now, one of the, the, the reasons for this that uh, that I think is important and why the Holy Spirit uh, enables us to speak in other languages. is it's, it's us that speaks, but it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So in other words, it's not like kind of the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going, oh, I can't control my leg. It, that doesn't happen, yes? It's you are always in control, yes? 
And so the Spirit doesn't kind of come over you if you don't want it. You've got to be willing to receive, say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I want more of your power. I want more of your presence. And so it, it, it's important to us. Now, one of the aspects is James. James talks about the tongue. He talks about the importance of the tongue. He talks about that your tongue controls your life. Neurosurgeons understand this. There's been so much um, um, research being done that actually the, 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 the things that you speak out affect your life and they, they, they can change the course of your life uh, dr dramatically, the way that you're thinking. For example, um, Jesus in the, uh, in the upper room and his discourse there with the disciples and he'd been talking to them about, uh, uh, about his, his going away. He says, I'm going to go away. Um, and uh, so he's talking about his death and, and resurrection. And he says to them, he says, but because of the things that I've told you, you are uh, afraid. Uh, you, you, you know, you can't, you're anxious, you know. And so as a result of that, what happens is, well, I don't know if you've, if you've, I'm sure you will meet people. If you meet people that are anxious, people that are, they end up being depressed, they kind of, they, it, it takes over them. They, you can see it in their face. You can see that there's a problem. It changes the way they are. It's the same with, with, with many things in life. The things that you do affects you so often. It's like when Paul talks about, as I've just said, about don't be drunk with wine. If you're drunk with wine, it affects the way you live. It affects the way you walk. It affects the way you talk. It, it, it affects uh, your brain. It affects what you're able to do. And so he's saying here, I want your brain to be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead of, instead of alcohol, get the God into your life. Get the Holy Spirit into your life because he wants to fill you to overflowing. And I believe that God takes hold of our tongues. He takes hold of our, the, the very central aspect of our life. And he wants us to be able to, to to speak. Paul talks about that in Corinthians. He talks about the two things. He says, I can play, pray with my mind and I can pray with my spirit. I pray with my mind and you can all understand me. I pray with the spirit and only God can understand me. And so you've got to do one. Now all I'm saying to you is, I think God expects us all to be able to pray with our mind and pray with our spirit. For every single person, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is available to every single one of us. Today you can be filled. Today you can receive. It's all about your heart. Will you ask him? That's all you've got to do is to ask him and say, Lord, I give you my life. If you will surrender to God today, he will change your life forever. Today, we're gonna, I'm not going to preach for long. Um, I'm just going to kind of allow God to move. I want God to move in our midst. I want him to do that. Uh, however that works for you, I, I, it doesn't matter to me. But I would, we have arranged for people to be in the coffee bar so that they will pray with you. Yeah, if you want to be prayed with today, I think it's one of the most glorious things. In the New Testament, we see that often people receive the Spirit uh, when they were laid hands on. Sometimes I don't know why that happens, but sometimes when we actually we come and we allow that somebody that's spirit-filled to pray for us, for the Holy Spirit, we get filled to overflowing. There's nothing to fear. Jesus talks about that. It's your earthly father will not give you something that's harmful. If he won't give you a, 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 a snake and he won't give you a stone, he's going to give you good things. How much more will our heavenly father give us good things? But all we need to do is to say, I accept, I receive in him today. Will you receive? We're going to go into a time of worship. And I just want you to give you that opportunity today 
so that you will just really feel the presence of God. God is here. God is here, powerfully in here. And it's up to you, it's your, it's your faith, it's your desire, it's your, will you come to him today? If you're willing to surrender and to yield it all. People often say, what do I have to do to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I say, just surrender. And sometimes people say, oh, well, I'll surrender this, I'll surrender that. And God's not saying, it's not things I want surrendering, it's you. He wants you. He wants to be in you. He wants to live in you. He wants to be around you. He wants to protect you. He wants to guide you. He wants to fill you. He wants you to experience the fullness of knowing him today. If you want to do that today, then just feel free to be prayed for or, uh, you know, kneel where you are, whatever it might be that's, that's for you. Um, let's just spend some time now asking the Holy Spirit to come into our lives today. He wants to come into our lives. Let's stand and worship him today.